everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Journey of Hope. Glad you could be with us today. The Journey of Hope is a podcast that's especially designed to address the issues that men and women face after incarceration. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about something called restorative justice. It's a model of criminal justice that kind of focuses on the reintegration part and keeping the offender from offending again. That's what we do here is we talk about reintegration. So we're going to be talking about that right after this. I'm Rodney Mathers, and you're on the Journey of Hope. Love to hear from you. You can always catch me at MathersRodney at Yahoo.com. M-A-T-H-E-R-S-R-O-D-N-E-Y at Yahoo.com. So lately the pitches I'm getting to be on the podcast are, let me see if I can find the word, uh, ridiculous. I'm getting a lot of requests, but they are lately kind of <laughs> off the wall, I guess. But the timing is good, though, because it gives me a chance to address something that's been on my mind. Now, this isn't going to be a talk on overcoming adversity after incarceration per se, as we do on this show, but it's definitely related. And it's something I'd like to put my two cents on. It's something called restorative justice. And as you're aware, there are different kinds or models of incarceration in various places in the United States. Um, One of them could be what's referred to as retribution. It's the adversarial criminal justice uh, process, totally punitive, go to prison, stay there a while, and then they, you know, boot you out. Another one is rehabilitation, excuse me, the need for there to be programs that assist in reintegration are focused on, whether through tax dollars or privately. And I think what you'll find, I can really only speak to Texas, but I think what you'll find is kind of a combination of those two, heavy on the retribution part, the punitive part, Um, and kind of a lip service attempt at rehabilitation I'm, I'm talking about texas and that's just my opinion that's how i see it but there's a third model <clears throat> and it's something called restorative justice and that model is getting the victim and the offender with a mediator and in the 70s in canada they started doing this and it picked up steam apparently in the 80s and 90s in the United States. And this philosophy is being used around the world right now. And it's a theory that emphasizes repairing the harm caused by criminal behavior. And it includes the uh, participation of all of the stakeholders. So that would be the community, someone in some capacity, maybe a parole or probation officer, um, the victim, uh, the offender. And, you know, you can add to that list or maybe even subtract from it, but that's the idea. They sit together and hammer out what's appropriate. 
as usual, in my view, the United States seems to not take this approach as seriously as some places because it's being used in other parts of the world effectively. Um, <clears throat> Texas is primarily, in my view, a punitive model with little to no transition help. And although there has been a token attempt at this, it's not really available to many inmates in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Now, this is just my observation. I could certainly be wrong, but this is what I've seen. Now, <clears throat> in order for this to work, there has to be remorse from the offender and an acceptance of responsibility. There are various procedures that jurisdictions take to identify eligibility and supervision. It could be part of a uh, pardon, I mean, excuse me, probation or parole. Nice if it was a part. Or uh, it could be something separate. The victim, the offender, and as I mentioned, someone in the capacity of an overseer or coordinator, all participants must consent to participate in doing these meetings and discuss what happened and how to fix it. It sounds good. It would help keep prison population and county jail numbers lower. Victim offender mediation, where the victim participates in the actual reintegration process, there are a range of possibilities that are really endless. And <clears throat> it's obvious that this sort of thing can't be available to everyone. Some victims may not want to participate. Some offenders may be past the ability to present any kind of redeemable social value. Um, but this, in my view, would work in a lot of situations, but someone who has multiple violent offenses probably shouldn't be someone that's considered for this kind of help. This looks at face value like a great alternative to throwing people in prison for years at a time, and I'd like to see it expand. Employers, counselors, probation, parole officers, in addition to the victim, and they could all be part of this team that looks to help the offender become a productive part of society. There are some problems, though, and they may jump out to you almost immediately. The The first one that I see is the punitive nature of prison is effective in some cases. I mean, it was for me. I certainly don't want to do anything that's going to put me back in that hell. But <clears throat> maybe the answer is some sort of combination of incarceration and the restorative justice. And I think this is probably the answer. But still, there are even more issues. Um, as far as bringing some sort of closure to the victim, I doubt that's possible. Some victims are traumatized to a point of permanent damage. And, you know, I don't think that any kind of program like this is going to uh, help them. And I think that if the victim is in that state, then the offender probably shouldn't qualify 
for this type of program. You know, another thing is how do you define a victim? You have the person that was, uh, a crime was perpetrated upon, but there's this domino effect of people affected by a crime. And it's something that can't really have boundaries, a husband, a wife, a daughter, a son, a best friend, um, all of these people, if there was a crime perpetrated upon someone in the family, will be affected by it. So are each of those people considered victims or not? Um, another thing is people don't always share the same moral standards, religious beliefs, or cultural customs. This restorative justice is something of a philosophy that comes from mostly a Christian background. Um, you know what? For example, in some places in the world, they chop your hand off for being a thief. So taking these things into consideration, I believe this is where we need to be headed as a society. But there are some limitations to it. A combination of punitive and restorative justice that includes the victim, the community support in the form of employers, clergy, therapists, probation, parole officers can reintegrate the offender and get them moving in a positive direction. And so this is what I mean by restorative justice. Um, once again, it's a model that's being used around the world. Let me know what you think about this. I think it's um, in combination with incarceration. As there, there needs to be some element of punitive, uh, you know, uh, uh, hard punishment in my view, uh, incarceration being that. But maybe for shorter periods of time and using restorative justice upon exiting. Let me know what you think. We're going to be back right after this. I'm Rodney Mathers, and you're on the Hope. We'd love to hear from you. Mathers Rodney at Yahoo.com, M A T H E R S R O D N E Y at Yahoo.com. Thanks for joining me on my little discussion and soapbox of restorative justice. Um, join us next time for another edition of The Journey of Hope. And remember that if God is for you, who can be against you?